Ladies and gentlemen, it's here. The moment that you have been waiting for. The episode to end all episodes. The crowning. The uh, endowment. The, uh, the, the giving of the most romantic medal in all of sports. The A Bit Spursy medal. I'm Barney. I am Dan. And we are here on a special day. A holy day, some might call it. Some might call it a day of reckoning. Others, a day of joy. <laughs> Depending on which side you are on. There are many sides. Um... Some others <laughs> might also call it uh, an overdue day. Um, some people might call it a day from a long time ago and we don't care anymore because we've moved mm. on to the next season. But mm. no, we know there are some of you out there who are still uh, have been waiting for this moment. Um, and you don't care about the transfers. You don't care who's coming into the club, who might be leaving. This is what has been with your thoughts this whole time. <laughs> this has been it. You haven't slept. You haven't ate. All you've been drinking is Powerade because that's the only that's the only liquid that can give you the sustenance that you need. Normal water is not good enough anymore. No, and like your hydration levels have completely changed. Mm. Completely changed. So I, I guess to keep to keep you from being thirsty any longer. Yeah. It's the Abit Spursy Medal Man. Who will get books playing well? Who will get books for playing pretty poorly? The most romantic medal in sports. The Abit Spursy Medal. The industry. God, that's that. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intelligent. It's not. Oh, it is. I mean, wonderfully dumb. It's fine. <laughs> Look, I just love whenever people come back to us and use just the word romantic now. Um, yeah. And so we get some tweets like the most romantic sports podcast and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fine. We know where we stand. Um, yeah, we know where we stand. But we're here. We are in the long awaited, a bit swayzy metal town. Uh, it has been, uh, well, a full season. Um, so we started the Abitsposing Metal last season, only for the last five games, though. Um, Barney, I can't even remember who won last season. <laughs> uh, it was Son. Was it Son? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so this season, we did it the full season, every game, apart from... So in recounting our votes, <laughs> wait, no, we didn't give any votes for the Man City game when we beat them away. <laughs> what? That's the one game we just forgot to... Um, we forgot to do any votes on. Wow. And there would have been a lot of positive <laughs> votes being handed out for that performance. Yeah. Oh my God. That could have changed the whole, the whole scope of the medal. Could have changed the winner. Wow. It could have. It could have. Um, so with this, there'll be a little asterisk next to like whoever wins this of like that Man City yep. game was not included because yep. I'm pretty sure every other game we do have uh, votes that went into this. And we've been talking about this for a few weeks and it's mm. just taken so long to listen back through the episodes and, um, and actually, yeah, <laughs> record all the votes, but we have done it. Um, we have done it. So, I mean, we can announce, you know, who has won. Now, how would you like to do this, Barney? Should we, should we just dive in and give out the award? Should we sort of go through the top five? Like what's, what are we, uh, what are we feeling here? Let's do, um, top five. 
uh, and we'll count, each will alternate, but you can announce it because uh, you did the bulk, 95% of the uh, calibrations here. So um, how does that work? If I go, so if I go f uh, four and two and you do five, three, one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay, cool. Now we had a few guests on this season who also gave their votes. Mm. So we will comment later on that for the adjusted metal polling. Um, yep, yep. So in fifth place, we have, which I was a little bit surprised about to be completely honest with you. Um, it is Lucas Mora. How? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like just going back through episodes, like it's, it is actually quite interesting to see, like, if, you know, if you just list votes after every game and then sort of uh, like, you know, if anyone else, is, <laughs> if anyone else does this just in their spare time to have a little spreadsheet of uh, putting votes together. Um, you do see these little spells of players when they have a good couple of games and like you, you're like, oh yeah, I gave them three votes, three votes, three votes. Um, other players you kind of slip in with like little votes here and there, but like Lucas, he's just kind of been like mainly in the first half of the season. Um, and I think it's difficult for us to really remember, especially sort of pre, pre Conte or even at the very start of Conte when Lucas was still very much in the fold. Um, but he had a, he had a a spell where he played pretty well and we gave him a lot of votes there um, mm. con compared to finishing with like minus five <laughs> for the second half of the <laughs> season. So um, he came in with fifth with uh, yeah, with a, a surprise 28 votes overall. Yeah. Uh, absolute shock. Number four on the Abit Spursy medal, the one and only my boy Kulisevsky uh, with 28.5 votes. And I think it's really important that I emphasize the fact that he's my boy um, because the difference between the amount of votes given by me and you, Dan, is very substantial. Oh, don't, I'm disgusted by this. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> like I, cause I'm like Kulisewski's my boy. And then mm. seeing in these votes, I'm like, what has happened? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> like I've barely given him, I've barely given him any, um, and because I thought he would be kind of the one who's maybe closest just to pushing Son, um, mm. who Son might not win. <laughs> there might be a spoiler <laughs> there. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Son or other players who could be up yeah, in other that. players. Someone last year, you know, where's he going to get uh, taken off uh, the crowd? Ah, oh, shit. That's right. That's fine. <laughs> Party, we got away with it. We got away with it. Um, yeah, it's all good. No. But yeah, Kulisevsky, it was, um, I, I thought I'd given him a lot more votes because I was like, he was fantastic for us. But mm. yeah, uh, especially second half of the season. Incredible. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll own that. Like I, I, that's on me. Like that's, that's my bad because he, he's definitely more deserving of, <laughs> of where he ends up there. So, uh, just to, so 28.5 votes, so 0.5 above Lucas, despite only coming, uh, in January, which is, uh, pretty huge. And the difference between our uh, votes was I gave him 20.5 votes and Dan, you gave him eight. Yeah, I know. I'm very well aware that I've given um, Kulisewski eight. I've given Lucas 15. <laughs> um, I will point to though, if we're going to, if we're going to do this coming in. So mm. six, we had Romero. Now I yep. gave him 17.5 and you only gave him 10. So that's kind mm. of a bit mm -hmm. of a reverse Kulisewski situation. Some might contend. Yeah. 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 Some might say that. Some might say that. Others wouldn't. Um, but I think, 
and I don't know whether this is true for your Kulusevsky votes, but with Romero, my bar is so high for how he's going to play that it's very hard, I think, in my mind to give him votes because I'm like, well, that's what Romero does, which is not fair because it should be against everyone else. And so he should be getting more votes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I apologize for my sins too. Yeah. Okay. Look, we, we both, we both kind of had, you know, we've both made mistakes here, but, but maybe they're mm. not mistakes. We own them. At the time we were feeling certain things and, and our mouths did the talking. Our mouths, our naughty, naughty mouths. Our naughty mouths. <laughs> for the rest of the votes, we're actually pretty similar in how we awarded votes for players. So in third, we have Pierre-Emile Hoybier on 37. Now we know that this is going to cause a lot of discontent for certain people. Um, mm -hmm. Like he's probably, I think overall, he's probably the player who has been the most solid throughout because he also hasn't had a big sort of injury spell or anything like someone like Romero had, for example. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we've, we've spoken a lot about him on this podcast and it's like, he, he just still doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, and, you know, since Basuma's come in, there's still so many people talking about like how this push it, like should push Hoybier out and, and all that sort of stuff. But. I mean, he's just like Mr. Reliable for us. And like, you need a Mr. Reliable in that team. Yeah. To me, you know, it, it may upset some people, but similar to uh, like upsetting people who think that the earth is flat, where you then uh, are able to demonstrate by sailing around the world with them that it is indeed <laughs> uh, a sphere. Um, that That's the kind of level of, like, I'm not too fussed about that because uh, it's, just like if you look at the stats, uh, if you look at look up Hoybier stats versus Basuma stats, uh, and this is not to say that Basuma is a fantastic signing in terms of uh, on the pitch, um, but Hoybier's stats are just as good. And like the idea that he is lesser is just ridiculous. It's it's like um, the cultural cringe that uh, uh, we have in Australia where we don't like our own uh, source. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, similar in England, you know, like whoever the best player in England who is English at the time always seems to be hated. Mm. Um, and I think it must be a similar thing where he's really good. And then because he's like ours or something, we don't like him, um, but he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. And I think as well, it's, it, it seems like we get caught in looking for, um, like looking for reasons of why, like, we're talking down certain players just because they might not be like the best in the world in their position. Um, yeah. And to me as well, it, I, I know there are like a lot of like, you know, older fans that might not play FIFA, for example, but to me, it strikes a little bit of this sort of FIFA ultimate team mentality, which comes from a lot of like, you know, your goal for a team is to have a, the, the best player in the world in every single position. And it's just not even remotely realistic in real life to have that. Um, and having players who, you know, they might not look fancy. They might not like have all the spins and tricks and everything. Um, they are really important to have. And like you said, it's like, it, it feels very like conspiracy theorist territory here because when, whenever you have a discussion about Hoybier with someone, um, the response usually comes, I don't care about the stats. I just know <laughs> that he's rubbish. <laughs> mm. And it's like, well, like the stats is, I, I agree, stats are not the be all and end all, but when you're having a debate and you're calling someone rubbish and then there are stats to prove otherwise, or stats to at least prove that they are good at some things and then you still can't acknowledge that, 
that to me is where it's like, well, it's not worth talking to anymore <laughs> because it's like, mm. we're, we're not going to be able to like, you know, have any sort of discussion about this. Yeah, totally. Totally. Very deserving third. Um, now second, which was a surprise to me, huge surprise. And I reckon it might've been to do with maybe toward the end of the season, we started thinking about the fact that this person hadn't had many votes. And so then we started shoehorning votes in anywhere that we possibly could. Coming in second on the Abit Spursy medal is the one and only Antonio Conte. Big tone. Big tone himself. 23 to Barney. Uh, sorry, not to me. I gave them. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to take them back. I take them back. Um, and 23.5 was given by Dan. So 0.5 of the difference. Uh, no no uh, crimes committed there uh, with 46.5 as the total. Look, like you said, some people might say this was fixed because we did give him 43 votes combined between us in the last two games. <laughs> so... <laughs> For anyone who up until this stage was thinking that this this medal was built around morals and was like, the, you know, had integrity at its core, like you said, we did go, hang on, we know we haven't been voting for Conte at all and he's very responsible for what we've done. Um, so that could, have be, that could be seen as a little bit of a course correction there. Um, mm. Which is, you know, which also, Barney, to, to clarify, with Kulisewski, you know, you were going on about how much you voted for him. You did give him nine votes in the last game as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was you kind of realizing like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I want to look after him a little bit more. I think next year, like at the time, I always think it's funny to give out random uh, huge votes or huge detractions, but it really does. I understand now why they don't run um, other medals like this because it does compromise um, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Credibility. The credibility. The credibility. Yeah. Oh, most, most definitely. Because, you know, um, for example, another player who dropped down quite a lot, like, so I was very surprised. Harry Winks, we were giving him a lot of positive votes in the, in that spell in the middle of the season, kind of just after Conte came in, um, mm -hmm. we, and before like the January window. Um, we gave him out quite a lot of votes. You gave Winks 10 votes for one game. Um, but then the hand wow. giveth, the hand taketh away. And in the <laughs> third or fourth last game of the season, you gave him a minus 20. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Harry Winks has ended up on one <laughs> from, <laughs> from a position where he could have easily been sort of, you know, um, in the top 10. But again, this was another interesting thing when we were going through and listening to it. And there was a spell where it was about sort of four, three, four games where we were talking very positively about Winks. There were also some of our guests who were talking positively about Winks throughout that period too and giving him votes. So it wasn't just us just having a soft spot for him. We were talking about this um, on Twitter and sort of defending like, you know, Winks needs a bit more <laughs> respect for what he's, what he's done for the club. And the hot takes you get, it's just so many just like angry people who just blame Winks for everything, including one response, um, which was something along the lines of like, what, we should thank Winks for getting Mourinho sacked? And we're just like, <laughs> oh my, we thought all the Mourinhoistas were gone, but they're still, yeah, nope. <laughs> still here. And there's so many people like, oh, this guy stole a living, this, that, and everything else. And it's like, no, this guy was at the club for <laughs> over 20 years. He's a fan. He was here since he was five. That doesn't necessarily mean everything, but he has played, um, under a bunch of different managers. Pochettino was a big fan of him. 
And it's like, just because Winx isn't at the level that we want him to be at, we shouldn't hold that against him. And we don't have to be like feral, <laughs> like in terms of like, oh, we're going to have a party when he leaves and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's insane. Um, but I think it was nice that at least Winx did have, you know, a little bright patch in, in what appears to be his last season for the club. Um, I, Dan, I feel like I should reveal that all those accounts were my burner accounts. Um, and, uh, <laughs> apologies for that. No, but I, I feel like I can't really make a comment on that because I have given, given him negative 20 for one game, uh, and, uh, absolutely roasted him. But I was thinking about this when you made the thread and I wonder whether the winks, uh, discourse and because like, he's not, you know, a Romero or a Kulisevsky or a Kane or a Son or mm -hmm. um, a Hugo. Like, he's just not in that tier. And those people are all, like, they're like freaks at playing football. Like, they are the best of the best. Um, they are the 0.25% of the world footballers. But Harry Winks, he makes a lot of mistakes. He does some good things. He does some bad things. Sometimes the good things he does seem like accidents. Um, he... Uh, comes on and then we can see goals as a direct result of something that he's done. And I just wonder whether some fans, and I'm talking about myself here mostly, see themselves in him. And so then when he he stuffs it, it's like uh, an indictment on your concept of yourself uh, playing in this situation. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I'm a psychologist and... Uh, <laughs> And this also explains why you got a Harry Winks kit for this season too, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. which I, I like it being a more, a more in-depth and insightful, um, a take on him. And I, I think you're right. And I think it's a, a lot of views end up being too simplistic and too black and white with these things. And it's like, he's not good enough for us now. So therefore he is shit. And that's all there is mm. to it. And it's like, no, that's not... <laughs> That's not it. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's probably a big part of Winks of like, you know, the identity of, of Winks and a player like Winks is what has been attached to our club for the last five, 10 years. And we're wanting to move past that and push past that, which is a good thing, which we should celebrate, but it doesn't mean we then have to look back and constantly just like hate on the past or sort of where we've come from or the steps we've taken to get there. Um, like mm. it can be viewed as a positive growth that we've gone through that therefore we go, Hey, Winks is not good enough. Um, for where we want to be heading. Like that's a, that's a positive thing mm. to talk about, but you can still then respectfully go, no, but he still could be a very decent player for some sort of mid premier league teams. Yeah, totally. And if he's playing in a role where he doesn't actually have to do any defending, um, then, and then he also doesn't have to do any attacking, but he's just purely in the middle. And he does like, he's a very good passer. Like he passes mm. the ball, um, really well. Uh, and if someone can find a way to just utilize that, then, you know, good luck to them. You know how there are those people who are like r still really, really keen on Poch, um, and are like, we want Poch back. We want Poch back. Like Poch was the one who has spoke the most glowingly about Wix and was like, he's my little Iniesta. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of work to do and a lot of growth to happen, but like, you know, Poch loved him as a player. So I wonder if Poch had come back instead of Conte. And some people are like, yeah, we've got Poch, we've got Poch. And he reinstates Winks into the team. I still, I feel like those people still would have been like, yeah, Poch, believe in Poch, trust Poch. Oh no, not Winks. Get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Any chance for some outrage? Yeah. Um, 
I'll never forget. And there's so many great memories of Winks. That time where he revealed that he read The Sun. Um, <laughs> the time that he was so nice to Sheila in the dementia home. Um, just lots of off-pitch things for me. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, really memorable. Just, just, a, just a decent guy. Decent guy. And that's also something where it's like, He's not a, like an asshole of a player. So again, it's like we could like if if he does eventually leave, which looks very you know certain that it's that's going to be the case, we can wish him well um, in the next chapter because yeah, from all accounts, he's a nice boy. Yeah, and who knows? Like we have benefited from when we signed Hoybier, Southampton fans were like, "Good luck." When we signed Kulusevski, <laughs> when we signed Bentenker, uh, Juventus fans were cheering that they were leaving. We might cheer Winks leaving and then he's going to be fantastic wherever he goes. So he turns out to, you know, uh, have a huge leap in his uh, abilities and uh, we just couldn't recognize them here at Spurs. The outpouring of hatred for him will triple. It'll be like, traitor, you're a traitor. <laughs> uh, definitely. And it it's like, you know, the strong rumors at the moment are about Winks going to... Everton, because of course we're interested in Richarlison and maybe now Gordon as well. And then there's, you know, we're talking about these very lightly as rumors because we don't know what's really going on, but then Lucas and Winks possibly have caught Everton's eye. So there might be room for a deal and a swap there, but I could see um, Winks going to Everton and like they just escaped relegation here. So he's a player who could go there and could improve their team. Definitely. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, him and tactical mastermind frank lampard together who's gonna stop them yeah <laughs> who's gonna stop those guys i really i i saw the gordon rumor and to me he looks like the type of guy that eats gum that's been stuck on the the underside of desks like i just <laughs> so you're not a fan you're not a fan no say so i would be a fan to be <laughs> completely honest um i i'm a fan because i th- i think he's actually got quite a lot of potential and also just the homegrown factor. Um, I guess Forster counts as homegrown, but then Basuma mm. wouldn't, Perisic wouldn't, uh, Richarlison mm. wouldn't. Um, so I think all other players we're being linked with would not count as homegrown. And we know that we do need some homegrown players in there, especially when we're getting rid of others. So if we get rid of Winks, yeah. definitely a home, <laughs> the most homegrown we could have. Um, mm. We we do need some players who can come in and play well. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind Gordon, and especially if it was like a package deal with Richarlison, with Winks going the other way, something like that. Then um, I actually don't think it would be that bad business to to try and sneak Gordon in on that one. Mm, I wonder if there'll be any um, like uh, Delhi, uh, like well, if you do this deal for us, um, we'll uh, we'll give you money for Delhi. <laughs> We'll forget about that uh, that money you owe us. And then Everton will be like, oh, we don't actually owe you because that means he has to play a certain amount of games and we're just not, we, he's probably not. Like, no, nah, but but if yeah. but if he does, you don't owe us. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. <laughs> yeah, but he's not going to. Yeah, but you just, you know, write it off. <laughs> Let's write it off. <laughs> um, there's enough moving parts there that there is a deal to be done. Somewhere, I, I, yeah. I assume. Um, um, should we move on to the, w- w- the winner? Yeah. The winner of the Abyss medal. It is, it is really no surprise. Um, <laughs> and we did mention it earlier. Uh, it is Sonny, of course, um, who won by quite a margin, uh, 58.5. We were very close in how we voted for him. Yep. Um, and it kind of just shows that he was someone who 
first half of the season uh, did pretty well. Like there was a little patch in the middle of the season where he went a little quiet, um, mm -hmm. but he was still playing relatively well, but he was just so good in the home stretch too. And I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, this season really sort of, in my mind, cemented Son as a superstar. Mm. Um, because I think previously he'd been like, he's great. He's like, you know, just edging that like world-class sort of spot. But now I'm like, he's world-class. He's world-class player. Yep. And to me, he's in that superstar bracket now. I agree. I think he is in that superstar bracket. Um, and you notice that this season, there is no more debates. It's like the absence of the debates about him being world-class are almost an indication that he is indeed sort of within that kind of group now where they, I think given how the media works and um, producing headlines that are going to cause reactionary takes and blah, 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 and snowball, if he had dropped off dramatically, there would be more press about how he wasn't. Mm, and so I'm going to take the absence <laughs> as proof that he is. Oh, definitely. And I think now this also might be the first time we're actually seeing, you know, pundits associated with rival clubs start also um, complimenting Son a lot more. Um, and, you know, when he was left out of the, the PFA team of the year, like there were comments from, uh, and I'm not sure if it was exactly like, you know, from Rio Ferdinand or Jamie Carragher or Phil Neville, or, um, sorry, Gary Neville. Um, I don't know, maybe Phil Neville too. Um, but it seemed like, you know, pundits like that who would traditionally have strong ties to other clubs were, were also saying like, oh, it's pretty shocking that Son didn't make it in. Um, and it's like, you really only get spoken about in that vein if you are a sort of an, an undeniable sort of world-class player. Um, and it also feels like people haven't just gone, Son's just goals and that's it anymore. And I think that maybe previous seasons, there was a little bit of that to him where it was like, well, if he's not scoring goals, he's not, mm, he's not doing a huge amount. Um, but like, he's just ele elevated his game in a whole number of ways. And I think just in terms of his confidence, like you could tell the type of shots he's taking now. Um, and especially that goal against Norwich to like, <laughs> for the, to sort of, you know, tie for the goal. But like, he just, he's, he's definitely playing. I think he's a lot more mature now and it's, he's not sort of, uh, like the, the, the quiet, like kid of the squad in that sense. Um, it seems like he really is kind of like embracing being more of a leader of the team and yeah. And he, he doesn't seem to have a problem with putting the team on his back when he needs to, um, and doing something about it. Yeah. I think that's been a big shift, um, which was born out of Harry Kane, um, being a snake, um, where he then became the dude and he rose to that challenge and was putting the team on his back, um, during those games. And then, you know, even when Kane was back playing well, like he became more of a talismanic kind of figure, um, which is awesome because, you know, that doesn't always happen. I saw the most fantastic clip of Eric Dyer. Um, I don't know if you saw this, did I send this to you? To, it's talking to Tim Krull during the Norwich game. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and he says something like, are you, is, are you on, uh, Salah's payroll or something? Yeah. Um, and I just thought that is the most brilliant sledge because it's not an attack. It's just being like, make like reminding him that there's another player that's trying to get the golden boot <laughs> yeah. and like, just like introducing some kind of weird, like, uh, 
doubt or extra factor into his brain when he's trying to focus on stopping goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, good. So Dyer to me, like, seems like the sort of player that he might just sit at home, put on, you know, put on some jazz, like, crack open a bowl of wine and just bring out his notebook, notebook and just, just write down very, like, gentlemanly sledges. <laughs> like, I can't see him going and making these feral ones, but it'll just be like, oh, you know, if we're playing cruel, um, if he's playing well, I'm going to ask him if he's on, uh, you know, how much is Salah paying you to do? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one there. Um, who knows? We, we could hear from, like, eventually hear from another player and at the end of their career and they'll be like, oh, Eric Dyer was the worst. He would just abuse you all game long and mm. and all that. But I think it's, it's even, like, if it was just, like, really... Um, like he just trash talked and whatever like that it's like okay whatever on the opposite side but that comment is so insidious because you'd hear it and be like what but then you think about it afterwards <laughs> clever he leaves it with you he leaves the burn mm, that's right that's right you think you're fine 30 minutes later ow <laughs> oh yeah it takes a little while to kick in that's the dire special <laughs> Um, so I guess we should talk, um, just the la lastly on the medal, the, the notable absence, <laughs> notable absence is Harry Kane, who finished actually dead last <laughs> in 30th of, of all the Spurs players. Uh, he got a lot of negative votes first half of the season, I think because we know what Kane is capable of and how he behaved, um, last summer and how he then, you know, didn't back that up straight away and took a few months to even start scoring or playing well or looking even remotely sharp. Um, he did then have a, you know, a pretty good second half of the season. Um, but I think the damage was already done <laughs> there. Um, and when, when we spoke before about like this, this metal, like when we had Flav on, um, and he gave, uh, I think it's Maxim Piscotzi 30 votes. <laughs> so technically if we had the guest voting in as well, Piscotzi would have finished in fifth place. <laughs> and that was, and that was just for making the bench. So, uh, I think we've spoken about next season, maybe tightening up some of the votes. Mm. Like maybe there's like the official votes, which we keep strict and then the little asides, which <laughs> can mm. still be, you know, complete lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Imagine if... <laughs> I didn't count it and he gave <laughs> God, that would have been magic. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be ridiculous. But I, I think it, yeah, it just shows that, you know, we gave Ericsson, we gave Timo Werner, we gave Thomas Tuchel more votes than Harry Kane overall. <laughs> when you take the negatives into account. So, yeah, I think, look, to me, that, that kind of wraps up the medal. Um, Mm. I think it was it was fun to uh, to be completely honest. The most important, the most enjoyable part of the medal that I find is actually on the Discord and getting listeners to to, to give their votes mm. and comments after the game. Um, so for the upcoming season, please keep those coming because we do get a lot of enjoyment from reading those. Um, oh yeah, they're fantastic. That's the, that is the best bit. Yeah. Um, and hearing the um, rather than it being like. Well, Harry Kane deserves free for that game because he was the best. It being like, well, I'm going to give negative 12 to Jim Beglin. Uh, <laughs> so much more fun. Oh, um, I'm just looking over the uh, the people that had received negatives. Um, so, for instance, uh, <laughs> Jim Beglin, um, he received minus 200 billion. Yeah. Um, after after the, the uh, Liverpool game. 
Um, so after the Villa game. The, oh, oh, the Villa game. Sorry, because I think he was he was sort of talking about um, when when like Cash was going in on us when like all the players were being oh. very very reckless, and he was just kind of like they're just playing the ball like no Gerard's got them put, and it's just like are you serious? Oh, and yeah. it was yeah, I remember that. horrendous to just not acknowledge that like that was over the top and excessively violent football. Mm. Um, Roman Abramovich got a very deserving. Uh, negative 400 million, um, which great. Up, oh, I'm glad. Burnley fans, negative 10,000. And I love that your note here, Dan, is not sure what for. Maybe racist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which it was. I think it was because I think you gave that out, yeah. did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arteta obviously did terribly. He got negative 5,000. Um, Ronaldo, I love to see him. Uh, he got negative 4,207. <laughs> Including some votes from Barty <laughs> there as well. Yeah. Do you know, I've yeah. just had this yeah. thought. It's like we've gone to Drew Carey to have this medal designed. Because all I just picture is like on whose line is it anyway? He'd always introduce it like the show where uh, something, something and the points don't matter. And then like mm. at the end of games, he go like, ah, four points to Ryan Styles and pff, I don't know, Wayne Brady, 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like we've consulted him. We're like, hey, Drew, we really need a really, <laughs> we love your points methodology on who's line. Um, can you please design us a metal sim based system <laughs> where the points just do not matter at all? Yeah. Fair, 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 fair. Um, there was another. Oh, where did, where did um, Kurt Zuma's cat finish? Um, oh, Kurt Zuma's cat had some positive. See, we had, okay. We had a lot of adjacent votes, like possibly mm. another 30 or 40 um, people, entities, concepts, ideas that did get mm. votes throughout the season. Um, but it just seemed like it would be ridiculous to have something like Kurt Zimmer's cat win the a bit Spursy medal. Um, oh, I think that would have been, I mean, he definitely got more votes than uh, Kane. Well, that's true. I mean, and he did give Kurt Zimmer negative infinity at some stage. Um, yeah, I think I did. Zuma's cat got one vote. So he did. <laughs> so the cat got more votes than Kane. Yes. <laughs> um, well done. Well done, cat. Uh, victory tastes sweeter when it is uh, served with a side of revenge. And that's something I've just come up with then. <laughs> I keep on, whenever, whenever I say something that is like word vomity, I always think about that one dude on someone had shared the like really nicely shared um the podcast and they said oh i really like this podcast and then some random person was like oh this one i listened to it after i listened to all the other podcasts mm, not very good yeah. <laughs> i went back to my music yeah. <laughs> just hilarious i just find that so so funny and i just think of that person when i do that yeah, yeah i'm yeah. like that's for you I love those sort of comments because like, you know, ultimately we don't, we don't care if you listen to this and you like it, great. And we'd love to interact with you yeah. and chat with you. And, um, of course, but if you don't, <laughs> totally fine. That's yeah, it's fine. so fine. Um, and I guess we would rather be some, we would rather very much be some people's cup of tea and then be other mm. people's cup of tea that they spit out all over the carpet. Um, mm. that's fine. And not to say not in like a shocking way, but like, that's totally fine. But it is so funny when you, you just you do get a comment like that. I've listened to all the Spurs podcasts. This one, not for me. Not very good. <laughs> oh, I love it because it's not just like 
screw these guys, they're morons. I hate them. Which you'd be like, it's the internet. But it was like, mm, not very good. Not, not very for good. me, I'm afraid. <laughs> like, <laughs> very polite. I think the start of that tweet was like, is that the Aussie one? Mm, <laughs> not for mm. me. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Which is fun. Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love, uh, you know, creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to patreon.com slash a bit Uh The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. So we've got, uh, so we've got, what else have we got, Dan? What else have we got? We've got stuff. So i look, I think the, the most exciting thing which has happened now over the last week, because um, players are still on holiday. So like there is a growing frustration from some Spurs fans of like, we're not signing players. We're not signing players after we signed three pretty quickly. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of players are still on their holiday. And, um, <laughs> you know, even though these, these are big, important deals and the agents aren't on holiday, like these players still need some break and still some time to actually go, you know what, um, whatever deals are happening, I'm going to take two weeks and just go hang out with my family and just not actively think about this. Um, and it's like, let's just deal with it when we get back because there's still time before we go. So to me, the most exciting thing that has happened would have to be um, our dear, dear, dear treasured Galini. Um, has released mm. a absolute banger of a track called Champion's Dream under his rap alias Glorious, um, featuring Vegas Jones. Um, and the best thing about it is, Barney, the Skywalk gets so much prominence in the video. I never thought we would see a, a, a hip-hop video where someone would be rapping in front of the, the giant cockerel on the Skywalk, and I just love it so much. It is Daniel Levy must have been so happy. Like, I wonder if uh, Galini had offered, to, like, oh, could I run the stadium? I want to shoot this rap video. Um, I know that I'm no longer a Tottenham player, but I just really want to do a rap about the Champions League. Um, and Daniel Levy was like, you can, but it must be on the Skywalk. Yeah. My greatest, my greatest invention. Um, the piece de resistance. <laughs> I would love it if like we actually watch the video again and we see that Daniel Levy is actually riding the cockerel um, <laughs> in the background. So like, you know, when you had all those, um, you know, especially say through the nineties and like hip hop videos where, you know, you'd have like P Diddy who's like, mm. you know, imagining producing like stuff for Biggie and like he would pop up in the back of the video dancing around. Like 
um, you know, people like Suge Knight, that sort of thing. If Daniel Levy was just in the background there, just riding that cockerel. I bet if we watch it again, you'll be up to Sam. I reckon we've just missed it. Maybe it's one of those things which they just slip in in like a couple of very distinct frames just for like a split second. Yeah. It's like, you know, in um, Fight Club where the, uh, I think it's Brad Pitt's penis like flashes up a couple of times. Mm. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. It's just that. By making Daniel Levy's head. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I did, I loved about this rap, uh, uh, this rap music video, <laughs> am, I, am I 400 years old? Um, was um, the fact that it has, uh, and I looked at this, a 25 second instrumental intro. I wish it had 25 minutes. That would be unbelievable. And then like a minute and a half of rapping and that was it. But, um, that would truly be this, that would truly be Spurs coming in and going like, okay, we'll fund this video and we'll allow you to do it. But you need 25 minute mini documentary mm. of just instrumental with shots of the stadium. <laughs> to like, mm. It's mm. like, that's the sort of shit that like Beyonce does like as in, but I mean like mm. in a good way, <laughs> like tastefully be like, mm. Beyonce's released a new album that goes for an hour and it's got like a, it's a full feature film and, and that sort of stuff too. Whereas I feel like if Galini released that, like, if it was Spurs stuff, I'd just watch it. Oh, I'd absolutely watch it. I just, the seriousness, like he's been, you know, like he seems like quite a jovial, friendly character. Um, but the seriousness of this rap video as well is really unmatched. Oh. It is really, really, really dead serious. Oh, to me, it's like, it cements, I already did love Galini. Um, and, and I think this is what I like about Galini that how we were speaking before of like, there's all this just binary judgment of players, this, that, and everything else. It's like, it's nice to still have some sort of human elements and have like, Hey, here's a player that we liked having around and you need a backup keeper, right? You need one. You need one. We're not all going to have like, you know, Donnarumma as our backup keeper. Like it's just not going to happen. So having someone there who, you know, was ready to play, but also was just like, an entertaining figure. Like he's always, you see so many photos of him with other players smiling and just to put out this video at the end, it's like, I will remember him very fondly for that. And I liked that those things happen rather than like, everything must be so serious all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, he is the shining light of Spurs adjacent content. Like he is, now that he's gone, I don't know what we're going to do. It's like he, he to me is almost the biggest cult hero that played the fewest games. And I mean, we've had, mm. we've had bigger cult heroes in the part. Like I would say like Lamella is probably a bit of a cult hero um, yep. for other reasons, but like Galini really only played a handful of games for us, literally only a handful, <laughs> but, and it's not other than many other players, which were like, you know, we'll remember just like fondly um, in that way. So mm. Yeah. Well, I, I wish Galini the best. I, it would be really interesting to see what happens if, um, he like where he goes in his career and what, what, what ends up happening to him? Like, does he have it within himself to actually become like a really decent keeper? Um, or is he kind of like maxed out at the level that he has? And if he has, that's also fine. Um, but I just be keen. Cause I look, you know, you can make a very decent living being a backup keeper at clubs. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's just for now. And then uh, he'll just continue on with his DJ slash rapping career. And, um, you know, that's what that's what his true passion is. Who knows? Just absolutely knows? living his best life. Um, 
And and speaking of that stuff, like we've we've also had the news that Gareth Bale is has been confirmed mm. going to LA <laughs> FC. Um, yep. <laughs> which I, I find funny, and I find as well like the again, you know, I was down for Bale returning if if Conte wanted him and if that was you know going to work out. Um, but yeah, again, wish good luck to Gareth. I will be hoping that he can do something with Wales at the World Cup. Um, cause that'd just be an interesting story to watch. And mainly also, cause we know that then that would be br- bringing, um, Ben Davies along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah. To me, it was, I was just like, not that I was, you know, desperate for him to come back to us, but it just feels a bit like, oh, okay. I'm less. Okay. All right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Righto. Um, Yeah. But I mean, he's only got a limited number of years to make money. He's like, <laughs> I say that as if he's like scrounging coins away, but like, um, yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, it also strikes me and I don't watch a huge amount of MLS, but I would imagine it is less, uh, it's not as rough and tumble as, as the Premier League. Like you're not coming up against as physical teams or, or teams that, you know, really sort of resort to trying to hack you off the park, like, like Villa did, did against us. Mm, so mm. I could very much imagine that Gareth just wants to keep fit for the World Cup. And he's like, you know, I don't care if it's dropping down a couple of, um, you know, levels in quality to do that. But just as long as I can sort of stay fit, I'd prefer to do that than put myself in, in the Premier League where you play in some really, really heated games week in, week out with... Um, you know, a lot of players who won't be playing World Cup and will be really going for it. Yep, I think you're totally right. Um, the other thing that uh, came up from the Discord was Grace East. Uh, we, we talked about the Harry Kane exhibition that's on at the moment. Uh, and Grace East said that uh, they'd been to the uh, Museum of London and seen the exhibition and can confirm that the headphones that play Harry's pre-match uh, warm-up music includes, and this is the biggest non-surprise uh, in news ever, uh, Ed Sheeran, Shivers, <laughs> with, actually this was surprising, and Afrobeats, and I don't know the name of that song. So the, I just, of course it's Ed Sheeran, but I, I, from what I don't really know him very well, but from what I've heard, it doesn't particularly sound like anything that's going to pump you up. Yeah, and I think, so Shivers, if I'm not mistaken, that's a song by Ed Sheeran, right? Oh, <laughs> That's how little I know about Sheeran. I okay. thought it was a band called Shivers. I initially thought that, but then I sort of looked mm. up Shivers and then it came up saying Ed Sheeran Shivers. Right. So I'm like, maybe it's just that specific song. Um, yeah. Did you listen to it? I haven't listened to it. Mm. Um, but I th- we'll, we'll give it a listen and <laughs> we'll see. Maybe, um, imagine if it is just like, you know, it, this iconic like pump up, like, and we're like, oh, that one. Oh, wow. Amazing. Um, I do feel like it's not though. And it is, see, to me, it's not surprising that Harry Kane loves Ed Sheeran, but it is a bit surprising mm. that he would pre-game listen to Ed Sheeran. Because, yeah, as a pump-up mm. song, it's like, I just thought you would have had something maybe a little bit more energetic. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Like, we might listen to it and then just run straight through a wall yeah. because we're so pumped. <laughs> that could happen. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. don't know. So is it just those two songs? I, I suppose you can't sit in there and be like, I'm listening to the whole playlist. Because yeah. there'll be people, other people wanting to come in and listen to it. Um, I would love to think that is the playlist, though. Like, it's just those on repeat. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, Afrobeats. Ed Sheeran, 
Afrobeats. <laughs> I could imagine he wouldn't be that he wouldn't be that popular if he actually got given like the aux cord to like plug it into the speakers in the um because you know how like whenever they interview players like you know you get like some youtube channel and they're always like oh who's like the dj before the games in the dressing room um i feel like it would probably be like not harry absolutely not kane <laughs> no. <laughs> why is that we play zed sheeran and afro beats which both are fine but the same stuff just on repeat the whole time mm. that's why he listens to it in headphones beforehand <laughs> um everyone else is just absolutely getting down um, something, oh, something else that came up by me, which I found quite interesting. So there was an article in, this seems to come up before every season, like every single year, there is some like, you know, trashy sort of newspaper, which always puts up an article of like supercomputer predicts the premier league for the, you know, the, the following season. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe in like 1983, they're like supercomputer predicts the league, but I'm like, do you just mean a computer? <laughs> like, yeah. Like what, what do you mean? It predicts the late, like you just, of course you're just putting in a few stats, but if you call it a supercomputer, it doesn't suddenly mean like, Oh, that's right. Oh, Oh, they must've gone into like NASA and used one of their like, you know, billion dollar computers to, <laughs> to predict <laughs> the premier league. So it's got to be accurate. <laughs> I mean, I'm also against it because we're out of the top four on it. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of the top four. Yeah, we it's predicted we finished like fifth or sixth or something. Oh god, I'm just on the um, article now and I can't. Does it have a table? Uh, no, they just sort of. I can't see. It just sort of. It mentions us somewhere. Um, but sorry, what were you going to say? It sounds like it sounds like something from like the 1960s. Yeah, like Lost on Space <laughs> with um, uh, being like they've used this. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> it sounds like you know in um. Uh, Willy Wonka when they're like I've designed the supercomputer to tell me who will win the last golden ticket and then the <laughs> computer tells him to like piss off or whatever it sounds exactly like that like the other thing is that being able to predict uh, the following season using a computer like I have the base model uh, MacBook Air and I could do that on my computer would it be accurate probably not because they never are but it's like, it doesn't require a lot of computing power to do. And so I love the idea. Like they, I, from just flicking through that article, there's no mention of like, what is this computer? Where, where no. do they get it? Why is it being used for this? Um, yeah, so many questions. Yeah, I, I love that idea of like, yeah, it's it's very like, yeah, 1960s. It, it also reminds me of um, when I was a kid, there was, you know, the big thing about like Gary Kasparov playing against Deep Blue. Mm. Um, I think, which was like the supercomputer that can play chess and beat the best grandmaster in the world. Mm. And I think at the time it was like, yeah, again, it was like, oh, wow. All right. Is that computer like the size of a room? Amazing. Oh, wow. Um, and like back, you know, I think in the, uh, uh, this is not, don't take this as fact, but back in like the war when like, you know, they were trying to like crack the enigma and all that sort of stuff. And you see documentaries and it starts around the time they're like, this was the first example of a computer. Um, and it's just basically people standing around putting wires into a wall. Um, yeah. Again. Old mate Alan Turing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's very much like, yeah, you're right. Like maybe, maybe back in the day, this was like huge news and people would be running around the streets and like, oh, the supercomputer has predicted the first division. <laughs> and everyone's flocking around to try and see what that is. Um, but now it's just like, 
like I feel there's some 80 year old editor who's like, no, people really love the supercomputer stories we run. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. run them for 50 years. I'm not going to let them stop now. <laughs> Every year, everyone says to me, enough, Gary, <laughs> enough with the supercomputer. <laughs> right, but I say to them, you just watch. <laughs> you just watch. It's so unclear from that article. Like it opens with, a supercomputer has predicted that Liverpool will be crowned Premier League champions for the second time in four years. Um, like, <laughs> what? Breaking news. End of story. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. More in the wide world of sports. What? <laughs> and I saw the one where they're like, Arsenal will finish fourth. Arteta has lost Lacazette, um, but they will finish fourth. Yeah. So, why, though? <laughs> what is... Like, is it a, just a random generate? Like, what is this? Totally. And I think they predicted, like, Chelsea to... I wonder, like, I w okay, I would rate it in a way if we've all just been taken for an absolute ride here and mm. whoever put this out were like, we know this is so stupid, but people click on it. And we know mm. that people click on it to share and say how stupid it is, but that we're just going to keep mm. doing it. Um, I would say, okay, fine. Fair enough. Well played. But... I don't think that's right. I think they're just trying to like get <laughs> get something going and putting in a few, like I don't even believe that there was a computer involved in this. No, I don't think there was. I'm calling bullshit on a computer because they're like, what? how can we be controversial? All right, Arsenal are in the top four. Chelsea might be out of it. Spurs might be out of it. Man, you could be in or like, oh man, no, sorry. Man, you only have a 15% chance. Like it's just people, it's just a dude sitting there making up numbers and just flipping stuff around. Um, it's the most ridiculous thing I've, I've ever seen. And it's just like, I just, I just wonder who's... Look, if you are listening to this and you believe in the supercomputer, please let us know. <laughs> let us know. If you know anything about the supercomputer that was used by the mirror, uh, <laughs> maybe it was a mirror. Maybe it was actually a literal mirror. And it was like, the supercomputer that replicates my face. Gary, that's not a computer. That's a mirror, Gary. Uh, shush, you imbecile. <laughs> you'll see eventually. You'll see. <laughs> it's just so funny that this stuff is pushed out as like exclusive. Yeah, what? Exclusive. A mirror football supercomputer has predicted how the Premier League taker will look next season. Oh, oh, so it's a mirror. <laughs> they own the supercomputer. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna send them an email. It's like we we would like more information on this supercomputer. What else? Like okay, so if the mirror you <laughs> let's humor mm. them, and if the mirror have mm. a supercomputer that they use, what else are they using mm. it for? Because I never see it mentioned in any other stories apart from predicting, like <laughs> the Premier League table. So it's like. <laughs> Surely at some stage they're going to have to be like, Gary, look, we can't keep this investment up. It's it's two billion pounds a year to run this thing. we got to find another use for it. We can't just be predicting the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's draining. All uh, The lights flicker. It's too powerful. <laughs> no, it has one job. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone just like starts late. Like, all right, we're not going in the office on June 22nd because Gary Pipe, like... <laughs> yeah. Powers up his bloody supercomputer again. <laughs> just the fact, like if they just said we used a model to predict yeah. the Premier League, right? Okay, fine. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> They've got a new advertising exec who's come in. It's like, nah, super. Su you got to put super in front of it. That's what sells. <laughs> we used a super pen to write this story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to email them. I'm going to email them and be like, hello, what is the supercomputer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, please. I don't think I'll hear back, um, but it's worth giving it a go. I'll email uh, David uh, Dubas Fisher and Jacob Leakes. Yeah, it's interesting. It says, like, yeah, by David Dubas Fisher, sport data journalist. Yeah. And Jacob Leakes. Mm. What's Jacob doing on that? Why are there two people on this article that's got very sketchy details and apparently is all a computer's hard work anyway? It's like they're taking all the credit. That's why there's no details on the computer. <laughs> Did you write this all yourself? Oh, we use a supercomputer. Yeah. Oh, we should credit that? Nah, nah, don't yeah. worry about that. No, 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 don't worry. I about still that. need a job. Maybe this computer is called Jacob Leakes. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And David Dubas Fisher just has Jacob Leakes at his house. He's no one else has ever seen this supercomputer at the mirror. Yeah, it's just on David's yeah. word. It's like, oh, do you want me to run up the uh, supercomputer I got at home uh, on this again? It's like, David, no, we 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 don't believe you've got it. Ah, <laughs> uh, just humor. Ah, oh, fine, just go do it. Go do it. Um, so anyway, apparently, where the the you know technology is already against us and is thinking that we're not going to finish. Um, Top four. <laughs> I think we'll finish top four. Just what I needed. Technology to turn against us. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also, you know, being at the Mirror, they um, are probably based in England, which is where Adele lives. Um, so I could also, I could be like, where's the supercomputer? What is it? Also, do you know Adele? <laughs> These are our two questions. We are calling mm. uh, bullshit on this computer. <laughs> we really, we want some evidence. We want some hard evidence. So we are supercomputer conspiracy theorists. <laughs> and also, do you, can you link us up with Adele, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you so much. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, the quest for Adele, um, yeah, it hasn't made much much movement yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, thank you again. We've mm. had more of a trend of people messaging us to tell us they don't know the guests who we're trying to get in touch with. <laughs> really appreciate it. And I guess that serves us right to, to put that out, to go, Hey, if anyone can link us up with any of these people. Um, and now the trend has started of people just going, just confirming, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, you know, I'm really pleased that people are just definitively saying whether they do or don't know the various guests that we've, we've listed. I really do appreciate that. It um, really helps. Do you know what's going to happen? I reckon like this, we'll forget about this. And then in like five years time, uh, football will be bigger in Australia and then like red rooster or something or, or what's uh, like a Porto will, will, will sell our souls. We'll do some horrible deal with them and Adele, she'll be here and then we'll meet her and it will be, the whole moment will be completely destroyed by capitalism. Yeah. Um, and we'll put it on our little discord and um, then uh, I will uh, walk into the sea. Look, I would, I would actually love if we were sponsored by a Porto, um, even though I, <laughs> even though I don't eat chicken. Like, but I mean, like, mm. it would be. Imagine that. Um, welcome to a bit spursy. Sponsored by, oh, pr sorry, proudly brought to you by or Porto chicken, <laughs> pineapple and chicken, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Now with the super chicken pack. Yeah. <laughs> Get your rooster a crowin, Spurs fans. <laughs> and it's our big moment finally with Adele. And it's just like, 
we really want to ask some Spurs questions here, but we just strictly have mm. to ask about a Porto, a Porto. and everything. <laughs> oh, grim. Uh, so look, if anyone's got an intro to uh, a Porto HQ, <laughs> yeah, just let us know. If you don't have one, please let us know as well. Yeah. That almost probably takes us to the end. Like we know now that, um, you know, Ben Davies got married recently. Um, mm. we know Eric Dyer on, cause we've been following his travels on, on Instagram mm. and he put a, a photo of him up looking very, very suave in a little tux, um, with a beautiful velvet jacket, um, really becoming the velvet prince that we know that he is. Um, and absolutely, it looks like he's back home because he also followed that up with a story saying, uh, honey, I'm home <laughs> with a photo of his garage. So, uh, I think his travels, uh, have, have sadly come to an end, but he's, mm. I mean, he, he's just doing it in style either way. Yeah. Well, was it Ben Davies or was it Ryan Mason's wedding? I thought it was Ben Davies wedding. I thought it was Ryan Mason's. Did they both get married? Oh my God. A double wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Davies' wedding. Um, actually, no, this is not going to. Okay, no, Ben Davies, who did get married. This this is that. Okay. But maybe Ryan Mason mm -hmm. also got married. Yeah, he did. He, he just got married just recently, two days ago. Oh, you're right. Mm. Actually, I, f I feel like someone commented on this on our Discord saying that maybe there was a story that said that Ben Davies and Ryan Mason got married and they read the title as like, Ben Davies and Ryan Mason got married to each other. Oh, what a union. Th that would be like, if you wanted a couple to come around for a dinner party, Oh, like I think you would just have a very wholesome evening if you had Ryan Mason and, mm. and Ben Davies come around. Yeah, with their little voices. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have dinner yet? Yeah, we're going to have dinner, guys. I brought a Malbec to have afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, thanks, Ryan. Love that would it. be, yeah, I'd love that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just, I guess it's just another reminder, like, oh yeah, these players have lives and they do things <laughs> <laughs> apart from playing football, um, especially the off season when they have a couple of weeks, mm. um, which I, I also, I also used to feel about players having babies as well. Yeah. Um, where, when I was younger and it'd be like, Toby out of is out because he's, um, he's, you know, partner's giving birth. And you'd be like, oh boy, you don't care about Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. And I think as you get a little bit old, you're like, mm, so valid. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, you should be not at the stadium playing <laughs> if that is the case. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just, yeah. Nice timing. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you know we're playing Liverpool? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the one thing I will say about Eric Dyer's welcome home when he's returned to his garage that is the grimmest home gym setup I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It looks horrific. I, you, I guess you just expect, I, I think it's from maybe, um, you know, very occasionally you see some, some uh, photos from Harry Kane's house and seeing the interior, <laughs> yeah. uh, like some of these interior design choices are pretty bonkers. Uh, but he mm. does seem to have a nice little gym, which it's like got this glass wall um, and it looks just, Nicely done. Although I, I'm pretty sure that it's like around the wall, it's just his shirts hanging up, which mm. maybe is good for motivation, but also is maybe just a little bit weird to be looking at your shirts whenever you're doing sit-ups. Um, but you just expect like every player is just going to have this pristine, um, pristine room for everything that they do. Um, but Dyer mm. just very much just this garage, just with just folded up tables, everyone like mm. treadmill against the wall. Yeah. 
I remember there was a long form uh, piece on him. It was either The Guardian or The Athletic, and it talked about how most lots of Tottenham players live out in Enfield, but he, like Yan and Moussa Dembele and maybe Toby as well, lived in central London. And so Eric probably just doesn't have the space. He's got to use the garage. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. He's a very cosmopolitan guy. I can't see him wanting. Mm. Although he, I could see him living out in the country like in a few years. Absolutely. With his, I'm surprised he doesn't live next to his little veggie patch. <laughs> yeah. I'm so obsessed with it. I know I bring it up all the time, but I'm obsessed with it. Maybe the club only lets him have a veggie patch because he claims he doesn't have the space at his apartment. Uh, yeah. And it stops point. him from moving out because they're like, Eric, as soon as you move out, you know what's going to happen. Mm. You know the yeah. agreement we have. <laughs> We'll tear that up. <laughs> we'll tear that up as soon as you're out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, well, um, it was great to finally get to do the uh, Bitspursy medal. Yeah, that was um, great. Finally draw that, a conclusion, draw a bow under that. Um, and um, I look forward to running it uh, in a more uh, official um, <laughs> and structural way next year. I would love if that that uh, the guy who like listened to our previous podcast and was like, mm, you know what, those other guys, not for me. Um, someone please send him this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, yeah. I wonder if I can find him and just like be like, give us another go. <laughs> yeah, give us one more go. <laughs> Have us talk about this this ridiculous stupid medal for half an hour <laughs> that we've created. Yeah. Is this more your cup of tea? Is this what you wanted? Uh, did you want something more technical? Because we do talk about a supercomputer. <laughs> yeah, maybe that he'd be like, look, I'd listen to the Bitspursy Metal if you ran it through a supercomputer. Yeah, maybe. That's what we need to do um, for next season. <laughs> Just have, all right, next season it'll be myself, Barney, and a supercomputer. Um, yep, that's right. We're going to have Jacob Leakes <laughs> <laughs> on the case. Um, I'd say like just one little tiny little extra button. Um, if people haven't mm. checked this out, please uh, go to Emerson Royals um, uh, Twitter and he's put up another comp for us. And I just love Emerson Royals compilations. Like he could make a compilation about anything and I would watch it. And mm. he's a player mm. who to me is also like, if we did sell him to Atletico Madrid, which looks like it could possibly happen. Um, I wouldn't mm. be disappointed in terms of a club move, but I'll still remember. I still like him for these comps that he does. He's put one up of him playing futsal, which I think he's on holiday in Brazil. Um, and Lucas is also playing too. Um, and it's just funny. Like he doesn't really do much in the game, <laughs> but it's still, it's just like a comp of him just like controlling the ball, <laughs> like passing it, <laughs> like dribbling past someone, but like just giving it off. Um, but I just love so much that like, you know, his content creator is around him all the time. And it's like, Emerson, I, mm. what do you want me to do? It's like, ah, oh, just film me playing futsal, chuck it up. There's really not much here. It's like, ah, the people at the comps, yeah. it's my thing now. Yeah. yeah, they are phenomenal. So um, yeah, that, that comp as well is so, he really doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like it's really. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, occasionally you see videos pop up where it's like, um, oh my God, Zidane playing futsal. And you see like Zidane is against like, I don't mean kids, like little like baby kids. <laughs> but I mean, like mm -hmm. you see him against like, you know, some young 20 year olds just going at him and he'll just, he'll just still school them 
get past them with very like what looks like minimal effort and just start burying it. Or it was like there was that video of Toddy from a couple of months ago where he's playing in a similar six, seven side and he's just banging in mm. goals from like 30 meters out. Um, but I just love with Emerson. It's just like, it's just him vibing out playing futsal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that also with the toddy and the they're usually a sort of a bit more aesthetically pleasing settings. Whether this was just in this this like school gym, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like um, well, no, no, actually, we know that he definitely has had positive responses about his comps because there is that video of Pierre um, telling him to like when he's when sorry when Emerson is holding Son's golden boot after the Norwich game. There is that video of Pierre like begging saying, please put this in a comp, please put this in a comp. <laughs> so he must actually, he definitely has to be self-aware of what these things yeah. are, which I love. <laughs> oh, it really does make it better. Really does. Um, well, we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week with, um, all the latest on the supercomputer and transfers and, uh, uh whatever else happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And as we go through the, um, the the next few weeks um there, there will be some transfers happening there will be some other bits and pieces but we do have some guests lined up too um to come on so um some new new voices you might not have heard but also some returning uh that we've had on previously so um yeah we'll keep going through the summer and as we sort of you know progress towards new season yes as always i have been barney uh i have been dan he was unsure this week. <laughs> and come on, you Spurs! You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.